What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the S3 Podcast. Today, we're here with James Wood. He's a time attacker, rotary enthusiast, YouTuber. Um, so let's just chat. What's up, guys? What's up, brother? Uh, are we officially starting now? I knew that. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's up, guys? Well, normally, <laughs> normally, uh, Hunter's like, we're gonna pause for a second, and then we'll go into it. Now it's nah. just still pause. But anyway, welcome everybody. This is James Wood over here in the awesome pink hoodie. Um, Wait, before I forget, www.s3mag.com. You can get a two-year subscription to our magazine that I always forget to plug for 20 bucks, and you get yourself a free T-shirt. We lose money on this still, guys. Come yes. on. Just go, to the, nice, go to the website. Nice T-shirt. It is a nice T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, it it's not one of them $2 T-shirts. Nice like, we, we honest to God lose money on this deal. <laughs> so we're still go, to the, go to the website. Click the link. Uh, come on. Help us out here. But uh, anyways, like I said, J or James Wood, how you doing, bud? What you been up to during this whole quarantine thing? Um, I'm doing good. Uh, this whole quarantine thing, uh, car news, um, basically just trying to get the FC as ready for something as possible. And I have a hill climb in about 10 days that I'm not prepared for it at <laughs> all. Like Me cars either. in pieces sitting <laughs> in the garage. Um, so that's uh, that's fun. I got to get that done. But that's then, so, all right. First hard. of all, back it up, James Wood. If you haven't heard of James Wood, um, check out your YouTube channel. It's I think you were real creative with the name. It's something like yeah, James it's, Wood. It's just James Wood. I mean, if, uh, <laughs> it actually I, I I was pretty bad at doing this because uh, James Woods is and on YouTube uh, oh, apparently. Yeah. So when you search my name, you get him. So put uh, if you guys want to look it up, just. Type James Wood and RX7, and then you will definitely find me. If you yes. don't, you might find the old actor James Woods that old people make fun of me for my name. So, <laughs> and it's, it's Wood like a tree, W O O D. So, yeah. On that. And the car that you have is kind of this minty toothpaste, greenish color FC yeah. RX7 with some, what? It's gold foil, right? Like yeah. the gold foil yeah. wrap? Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's, it's a gold vinyl. Um, do you guys actually like have any idea what color that is or where it's from? Nope. The gold or the 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 color the, no, the green. I have no, I have no idea why. No. It's Midori know? Green from an EK Civic. Son of a. Oh bitch. really? Yeah. No, no. I should have known that. It uh, it used to be Electron Blue Pearl from an EM1 SI, and then when I needed a new color, I'm like, let's just go find another obnoxious Civic color, and we got Midori Green. <laughs> hey, what, what's what color this? was the car originally? Originally, it was red. And then uh, I'm the third owner of the thing. So it was red, black, white, blue, and now it's green. So I owned it when it was blue and green. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I already know this story, but just for the sake of the readers or anybody that hasn't read the feature, like how did you get into rotaries or cars in general, <laughs> right? Because you didn't come from a family of car guys. Not it, really. It wasn't um, like that. I mean, I, like, my family was, well, my dad was into cars until he had two twins and had to sell his fun cars. So my dad had 280Zs basically from 19 to about 28. He just had a bunch of Zs. Yeah. And then 
Kia Twins got rid of those. We had like minivans growing up and boring cars. Yeah. Um, but how right. I like got into cars was I went to Clemson um, for school and uh, found this car club at Clemson. It was the oldest collegiate car club in the country. It was started mm-hmm. in 68, I believe. Did and your parents like say, do something with your life, join a club or something? Oh, yeah. Either. yeah <laughs> they, uh, they didn't like the partying a lot and uh, the uh, excessive drinking. So I'm like, well, I'll go do something. And I found these guys. So that's pretty cool. Um, the club like holds autocrosses like once a month. So that's how I kind of got my foot into motorsports. And probably after a year of doing that, uh, I met my mentor there and he called me. I was like, Hey, there's this RX seven for sale in Charlotte and you got to go buy it. Like, there's no, like <laughs> you should like, you should buy it or like, Hey, there's this car. He's like, no, it's here. And you're going to go buy it. Here's how much it costs. Go right. get it. Didn't, didn't, it was Clemson, right? Didn't they have like, wasn't their whatever loaner car an yeah. RX seven or something? It was, it was a, it was a first gen. It was an FB. Okay. So they had that. I don't, the, the club sell like three of them, I think. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was just a little 12A FB that was the fastest car at any of the autocrosses and also mm-hmm. the most bulletproof, like just old 12A rotaries don't break. I don't know how they just survive everything. And then when they went to like my motor and the FD, the REW motor, those things are temperamental and just love to blow up for no reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But those old car <laughs> motors are fantastic. Like they run forever. So okay. don't know how that worked. Well, we've got that on recording now, so I'm gonna go buy one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll, I'll come help you fix it because they like don't really break. And then the the only way really you just need to know carbs. And you I feel like you know carbs, Willie. I don't but, know carbs. I know I don't even eat pizza. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't know carbs very well at all now. So, uh, so that's cool. So you were autocrossing at school, getting a degree in the process, and then it led to uh, a terrible financial car habit. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think, so my first ever event, the RX-7, this was a real horrible idea too. Um, but my first ever event was a hill climb. It was the Dragon Hill Climb. That was my first true competitive motorsports event in the FC. Yeah. And... Right, it was like it was just it was the most clapped out car at the time. I had blown out <laughs> suspension on the thing. I had used R comps that were taken off from a a friend's spec Miata. Mm-hmm. It was overall not a safe car. Like probably shouldn't have done what I did on there, on the mountain. But that was my first just entry and step into uh, into hill climbing. And after that, I was hooked ever since. And uh, I think I've been. I've run the Dragon, I think, seven times. Damn and we've had three podiums there. So hopefully we'll do eight and we'll get a we'll get a fourth podium and that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Heck yeah. This might be an ignorant an ignorant statement, but I didn't even know they had like competitive hill climbing at the Dragon. Yeah. I thought it was just a road people went and drove so just because that yeah, it, it is that. Um, the Dragon Hill climb is not technically on the Dragon. It is off a side road that just dead ends in the middle of nowhere. That's why we get to shut it down for a weekend and no one, no one cares. Like no one has a problem with that. So it's a, I'm trying to remember. I think it's a 2.3 mile course. Um, 
Really? That's from a long road. Top to bottom. I can't remember how. I don't even remember how many turns are on the thing. I got to look at my little track map. I think there's like 19. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's a little scary at times because there's uh, you get to pick between a mountain to hit or sometimes a guardrail to hit. All right. And then sometimes yeah. no guardrail. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> you know, and just, you just fall off. So it, uh, it gets interesting. terrifying, but it also sounds really fun. Like, you know, one problem that I, I always seem to, like, just whatever, head scratch thing with motorsports is it's like, man, you put all this time into mm. building these super performance cars and then you drive them on a two and a half mile track. And I feel yeah. like tracks are too small for cars these days, which are, you know, fast. And, yeah. and I feel like they need more room to breathe. I really like the concept of kind of that barreling down a road and not, you know what I mean? Like that's the real deal stuff. Like yeah. you screw up there and there's not kitty litter. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? There's yeah. not something yeah. to stop. Like the other, what was it? Two weeks ago, me and Hunter were, uh, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. I was talking about how we were off-roading, and let's just say we stumbled on a trail that oh. perhaps in hindsight we shouldn't have been on. In hindsight. <laughs> and in hindsight. It made hindsight. made everything super fun and super real, and everything <laughs> that you build a Jeep for is being put to the test because you don't know what's around the next corner. You have yeah. to trust what you've built to get you past or over or at least move whatever's in the way and you have to do it quickly. So you're not there that much longer, you know? And so, and on top of that, it was raining and everything. And it's just the real deal. And in the process, just to give you, I realized just to give you a little hint, we had one Jeep stuck on a log to the point that all four wheels were not even touching the ground. It was just a Jeep on a log, just kind of dangling there. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like the, the point was somewhere in the middle of it. I looked over at Hunter and I was like, I think I found what I truly love off-roading. And unfortunately, I think it involves maybe some trespassing. It's the same thing as when we were in college. It's, it's, all you want to be doing is breaking the law. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, not that you're breaking the law, but it's the same thing. You're like, this is real stuff. Like these are yeah. real roads, real dangers. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it's not there. It's not... It's not going to protect you. Like, it's not an amusement park. You can get hurt, you know? And so it, it puts a whole new element into it. Yeah. Um, that um, seems super cool to me. It is. Terrifying. It's awesome. And actually, like, speaking of just real danger, so I have my my little, like, cult following of RX-7 people. It's great. Sure. There's a, there's a uh, Facebook group that has, like, Hurt, Rob Dom, the Vargas Brothers, myself, and then yeah. people just make dumb memes about us. And it's... Yeah. It's pretty awesome, but one of my like <clears throat> new follower people, subscribers, I uh, I like I tell the same thing to everybody. Like, get your car running. Like, everybody just wants to build like crazy turbo builds. I'm like, get the mm -hmm. thing running. Go get some seat time and have fun, and then 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 waste your money down the road when you actually yeah. can handle whatever you're doing, or yeah, yeah. you can at least have fun before you do your project for five years and sell it. So that's like the advice I always tell people. Yeah. And one of the new guys uh, basically commented on a Facebook post I made. Because um, I, I was trying to have my turbo setup done by the hill climb. It's not happening. So I took it back off and we'll just go in and it'll be fine. But he's like, 
He's like, yeah, he's like, it's probably a good, good thing to get your car running NA first. Like, but I've been doing this for seven years and <laughs> like we know. And, um, he, he like, he didn't know that. And, and he's cool about it. And, and he's like, yeah, he's like, that, that's a great idea and stuff. He's like, well, I really hope your, your motor just doesn't blow. Like if you're a turbo, I'd be worried about that. And I'm like, well, honestly, at a hill climb, the last thing I'm worrying about is the health of my engine. I'm yeah. kind of thinking about the health of myself yeah. and like, do I want to be off the side of a cliff or have a blown up motor? I'll pick a blown up motor any day. Like <laughs> sure. I don't need to, I don't need to test 1, that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it just goes back to, yeah, Dane, like the danger is just real and it, it's just a different feeling than you get when, when you're at a track. Cause like when we're at road Atlanta, like road Atlanta is terrifying. I don't mm-hmm. care who you ask. It's always terrifying. Every single yeah. lap is scary. I mean, you, you guys are driven there. Um, when we're at the hill climb, like, it's it's scary for for different reasons because i could be coming around a turn doing 80 or 90 and all of a sudden there could be a deer in the middle of the road right that happened (laughs) or you know somebody popped a motor and dumped oil on the road and yeah i i don't know about that there's no one there's no corner worker waving waving a flag saying hey there's a problem here. It's like you turn the corner and you're just like, Oh shit, this is just what's in front of me, whether it's clear road or a deer or yeah. a bumper or some oil. So yeah, those dangers are, are there. And I think it's, it's one of the cool, the coolest things about this sport is you just don't really know. Cause like every run yeah, is different. It's going to say it puts the sport back in motorsports yeah. <laughs> yeah. for sure. Now, is there more of that outside of, the dragon that, yeah. that you participated in? Okay. So what um, are some of those? So for, uh, there's a bunch. So basically the, the main hill climb areas are, uh, there's a ton in Pennsylvania. There, okay. they, they have their whole little hill climb association up there. Um, there's uh, just to name a few. There's like Weatherly. There's uh, Pagoda. Um, those are kind of the main two ones I know up there. Um, and I've gone up there with uh, with some friends in the past to just spectate, hang out. And I was planning on being there for this year, but Corona kind of ruined my whole race schedule and yeah. like everybody's. So we're just kind of I'm just kind of taking what I can get right now for for motorsports events, and then for for 2021, I'll have like a a more full schedule. Um, I actually got invited to do the. I believe it's the world or it's North America's longest hill climb. It's down in somewhere in Mexico. Real kind of sketch. Just, just, just from the sound of it. It's like 13 miles or 14 miles through the mountains in Mexico. And just talking to some friends who did it. It's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but uh, you definitely don't want to crash there. They're a, uh, the the safety in Mexico is a whole lot different than the safety in America. Yeah, at sports events like yeah, yeah. there is none. <laughs> yeah, there's some, but it's like, uh, like uh, if I crash, someone could be like eight miles away from me. Like there's mm-hmm. there's not someone like maybe a oh, quarter yeah. mile down the hill. It's like they'll just okay. pull up and rob you and then leave you. Again. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be flipped over. Our son will be flipped over. I'm like sitting there, and someone comes up, hey, steals whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, thank like, God. Right. Here. All right, cool. Take your wallet and some stickers. <laughs> it's like, shoot. Yeah. So, 
That's nuts, dude. Do you by any chance know Richard Tomlin at Apex Auto Works out of Houston area? I do not. Okay, he does. He builds cool race cars and whatnot. They have a shop, but he's big into that Mexico stuff, man. They got that Chihuahua race, if you ever heard of that. Ooh, and it's just yeah. one of those segmented, you know, rally slash yeah. race things. Where, and, and that's what he's talking. He said, dude, you come and it will be absolutely an epic experience. You know, he's like, but it's just, dude, it's just no rules. You know, he's like, yeah. he was begging us to go. Yeah, he's got something else in the works now. We need to talk about one of those challenges where you oh. try to drive a cheap car across the country or something. <laughs> I want to partake in that. That's he's a, he's an adventurous car guy. For, he's like an adventure racer, if that's a thing, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah, super cool. That'd be dope. Hell yeah. And, yeah, it's funny you talk about like you know the danger and the being scared because I was just sitting here thinking I was at the. I was at a lake this weekend and I was trying to talk a nine-year-old girl up about wake surfing, you know, and she was like, I'm nervous. <clears throat> and I was, she, she was like, I'm just, you know, I'm scared. And I was like, yeah, embrace that though. Like that's the feeling. And you only get that feeling like once. And yeah. then once you like start to learn it, that feeling's gone. It's so gone. I was like, yeah. like, as dumb as it sounds, enjoy that. And then I kind of stopped and I was like, I should listen to myself sometimes, man. Because, <laughs> like, when we were doing that Type R stuff last year, man, the jitters, man, the anxiety was real. You know, you talk about Road Atlanta being scary and, and dude, it is, man. It's just intimidating going out there. And it's like, I wish I had taken my own advice and enjoyed, you know, yeah. soaked up that fear. By the end, I kind of did. You know, by the end, yeah. you got a little bit used to it. And you're like, I'm nervous, but I'm, I like it. In yeah. The twisted yeah. Way, you know, but... I don't know. Road Atlanta to me, I don't know if it's because I worked there when I was younger. <coughs> school, So I've just, even though I don't have a ton of track time, I have a lot of time on that track, if that makes sense. You know, yeah. moving stuff around and having the instructors kind of show you stuff. But like Road Atlanta, even though I know that the costs of probably a screw up are a lot worse, it just does not scare me. Like, like Gingerman was like a total panic. I hadn't been there before. I got yeah, sent out. I should not have been in. And I was lost and getting run down and trying to figure out where I was and when to pass people by. It was overwhelming. But like Road Atlanta to me, I just break it down into like, you know, three little segments or whatever. It just feels yeah, like you're sure, not, yeah. it's not a panicky track. It's fast, yeah. but like, you know, there's room to kind of get your bearings. Oh, yeah. There definitely is. But, like for me, when I go drive Road Atlanta, I like, I, I think about it in little segments. So you've got, <laughs> For me, it's turn one to turn five. So all the S's, just, that, that, that's just a big segment. Then I treat essentially uh, five, well, six to, to 10B as my third segment or my second segment. And then uh, just 11 and 12 is the third segment. And 11 and 12 is just the, that's the more frightening yeah. part to me. Just because I like, we're a grid life. Um, I have communications with like Ty, who's who's my crew chief, and and like we'll talk to each other during the laps and stuff. I actually remember I ordered Dunkin' Donuts on the back straight uh, while in competition at Grid Life. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. He uh, one one of our other so we use like a, I'm poor and I can't afford radios, so we use uh, an app called Discord, which uh, a bunch of gamers yeah. talk to each other. Yeah. So we had that set up and we opened it up to the public. So basically. I think we had a hundred people or 120 people listening to our conversations during, during the weekend. And you join the cert, like you join the That's room. Cool. You, just, you just couldn't talk. It was just like four of us that could talk. 
Yeah. But, but my buddy Devin gets on and he's like, Hey James, what are you doing? I'm just like, uh, I'm on the back straight of Atlanta. Why? He's like, what do you want for breakfast? It's like, uh, seems like a very inopportune. What are my time. options? <laughs> yeah, like, like what, where are you at? He's like, I'm at Dunkin'. I'm like, Oh sweet. All right. I need a cold brew. I want a bacon, egg and cheese. And I want these donuts. And he's like, all right. Really? And, uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, going down turn 12. Hold up. And then we had to, like, stop because it got real loud in the arc 7 just because things obnoxious. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, take take 12, and then we continue on. And it was funny. People were in that chat, and they uh, – you could, like, type, but you couldn't talk. And so I was like, is James ordering breakfast while driving? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ty came on. He's like, yeah. He's like, he's ordering breakfast at – 10a 10b and 12 at rotolina <laughs> and uh i think we have the audio somewhere i gotta find it it was classic that's but not... uh my big thing with like rotolina would be <clears throat> i would always tell ty like hey i'm going down i kind of tell him where i'm at the track just so just so he has an idea i just remember taking 12 a little too hard uh yeah. well i messed up 11 put a wheel in the grass at 11 and Ooh. then got squirrely and thankfully, I picked up drifting a couple of years ago and basically just floored it all the way through 12 and then came right into the pits afterwards because I was truly terrified. I'm like, <laughs> I, like I actually could have died. I was like, told Tom, like, yeah, we just drifted all at 12. He's like, oh, yeah. So I was sitting on the bridge watching. He's like, I was kind of waiting for you to just like ping pong down the front straight. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. he's like, I was just going to hope Bye. you're okay. But uh, he's like, yeah, yeah I'll be a little squirrely in 12, didn't you? I did. I, I lost control. I, I dropped a tire off and uh, I hit the brakes a little too hard. And it just spun around on me. That's where it happens, right? If you get yeah. offline, I guess Square whatever that. under the bridge, it plays out, and then you end up dropping that outside tire right <laughs> under the flag stand, yeah. really. Yep. And then, and then, yeah, it can hook, and that's when you mm -hmm. ping pong. Like, that's what happened, that uh, that's how I'm with that vet. What was it? Yeah. Two years ago. Oh, the helicopter up. vet. Yeah. Yeah. Helicopter vet just flying, standing <laughs> down the front straight. Jeez. And then uh, you had all the all the mess happen after that with like the GTR hitting Doug Wynn's SRT4. All the cars crashed. Yeah. The yeah. helicopter that was a bad vet. Year. The night before, me and Jesse were talking to a race team about being in two cars. I think it was a BMW and it was a vet that bet the next morning um however i think we like drank a little bit then too much the night before and we're not <laughs> present for like the 8 a.m run or whatever i yeah. was supposed to be in that bet oh geez um, so yeah so every time every time somebody brings that bet up i'm like damn that was a close that call was, for me that's a boy um all right so you sweet. got Go well, ahead. I was just going to say, you got a NAFC RX-7. I know it's it's probably built up, but what kind of what's a good time at Road Atlanta? Like, what's your best time out there? Uh, my best time at Road Atlanta is, what is it? I think it's 147 flat. Yeah. Um, which is pretty good, because the, the first time I was there in the car, we ran a, like, 159. Yeah. And then uh, we came back, and then just I just got ballsier with all the lines and the breakpoints and uh yeah that, that's the best i've done so far i'm i want to get into the basically low 140s before i slap a turbo on and see how fast we can go then yeah but uh so what's uh what's reliability been like um oh for my, my car has been the honestly the most reliable thing i've ever owned take that with a grain of salt though yes <laughs> all, all rotary people are like i only blew it like three times this <laughs> 
Well, okay, so I'm surprised you're not working on it right now. While you're talking. I've, uh, let's see, I bought that in 2012. Yeah, 2012. So I had it for eight years. I have not, I've never replaced the motor. It's never actually broken on me, never rebuilt the motor. I got it from, excuse me, uh, one of the old, uh, have you guys heard of Speed Source? Or like, do you remember the old uh, three rotor RX-8s that ran IMSA? around yeah. so my engine builder their engine builder built my motor oh really okay yeah so that guy's up in uh up in Asheville, and okay. he built my motor and it's been i mean like i have 30 year old car problems not rotary problems if that makes sense right <laughs> like right, right right the wiring goes bad all the time <clears throat> i actually had to i had so my starter is in like four different relays all connected together and all the contacts love to die. So yeah. I went to go try to start the car um, last weekend to just go drive it and like see how it is. And of course it wouldn't start. So I had to rip all that wiring out and I just wired in a one relay from my switch to the starter now and it works. But my problems are just Mazda's hack wiring basically from the eighties. Yeah. Um, my cars never, never give me any problems, honestly, like as far as the rotary goes, it's just, stuff that breaks on old cars like it's just nothing different from like a 240 or some old bmw and okay. my like at least that that's been my experience with it so everybody's shocked when they find out i don't rebuild my motor every every season or or stuff like that yeah, so to put it in perspective like how often are you running that car um let's see on a normal like race yeah. season yeah really um bad. i probably drive that thing uh two times a month at a at a track so it's whatever uh probably eight sessions a weekend at nine thousand rpm the whole time (laughs) (laughs) nothing really nothing really below that um because i make power from essentially 6500 to 9000 that's that's my sweet spot so anything below that i just it's nothing so it's always got to be there some Um, of us are like i don't even know what 6500 sounds like (laughs) That's so what I love about blown out. Then they're just gone. That's what I love about RX sevens, though, is it's like one of the only. I guess you can argue this for VTEC, you know, earlier VTEC or whatever. But like an RX seven is like one of those truly should be an absolutely kind of collector enthusiast diehard type of pedigree car. Oh, for sure. But like you can still afford one. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. the, the whole setup is so exotic. And when I say exotic, I mean just foreign. Like, you know, like to, to engines in general. They're like they came out of a different planet, you know? And it's like, it's just so cool that like, it's so weird like that, yet so affordable. And that people that understand rotaries are like absolutely their own little culture. I got one. Did I ever tell you? I actually got two rx 7s i was getting gas in my crx and they were doing like some concrete work around like the air pump or something like that and the guy came walking over to me to talk about the crx and then he was like yeah man he's like i actually got you know anybody that likes rx 7s i got two of them i'd let go cheap and i was like oh man i mean dude i know people that just love cars like where you know we started talking he was like yeah i really just need them gone like really cheap and he wasn't really saying a price you know and then he was like, like 300 bucks for both. 
And I was like, where do you live? And he was living <laughs> like two hours away. But one of them was a white Turbo 2 car. And I was like, I'm in. So we went and got the white Turbo 2 car. Actually, Oh, yeah. It was exactly like that. I, I actually never picked up the other car. It was like the donor car for the Turbo 2. And I never went back and got it. Um, but I got the Turbo 2, man. I went and worked on it hardcore at a buddy's shop for like a week. And then realized I had no idea. What I was doing, I had a buddy at Cork Sport. And if I remember this, this might make sense to you. It damn sure didn't to me. But I don't know. I was going through the troubleshooting process. And he was like, so get somebody with a truck, you know, and tie the car up to the truck. And have him go like 30 miles an hour, 25, 30 miles an hour. He's like, make sure the key's an accessory and just dump the clutch. He's like, if it works... You'll be engulfed in smoke immediately, so be ready for that. He's like, if nothing happens, that motor's done. You got to rebuild it or whatever they do. You know, Apex Seals yeah. and all that. And I was like, you guys are freaking rowdy. <laughs> I was like, that just seems like not the right thing to do. So somebody offered me seven hundred bucks for it, and I thought it was the deal of a lifetime. And I sold there you it. Go. Now so I wish I never had. A huge problem with with RX sevens, especially FCs, is the starters are just horrible. Like they're they're crap. Um, they're just, they're, they're too underpowered to honestly turn the motor over. Okay. So that's probably why he wanted you to just get it to like 25 miles an hour, just cause it's, it's moving and everything's fine. And you can just like dump the clutch and it'll, and it'll finally start. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if, uh, if your battery's not charged up and you try to start that thing, it'll, it'll drain it pretty fast. Like it, it happened to my, it happens to my car all the time. Cause I don't drive it enough. Yeah. So I just like let the battery kind of die. And then I like forget to put it on tenders, so I gotta. <laughs> obviously, just gotta jump it. Um, but yeah, speaking of like just not knowing anything about cars, I knew nothing when I bought the FC. Like I had pretty minimal like mechanical skill. Yeah. And the FC made me learn mechanical skill at the end of the day. Like I had no clue how these things worked, and I just kind of like would drive it. I know like you turn it on and and it would work sometimes, and it kind of just having issues whether it was electrical or drivetrain wise or whatever it was that made me learn how to how to deal with cars so i just got the worst car to probably learn how to deal with cars but it also made me uh in my opinion a half decent mechanic because now i can fix my stupid car because at the end of the day there's no shops that'll work on rotaries around here at all yeah. so like our piston one. engine's weird to you are you like, what the hell is this? I don't No, they're they're not. <laughs> now are you like you can work on anything? I can work on both. Um actually the the funny thing was back probably what was it it's twenty twenty. Probably around twenty fourteen, I was hill climbing uh two six hundred wheel horsepower STIs. Holy hell. Um Damn. I had two friends that built them in college and one of them just I don't know what, but he didn't like driving. So I ended up driving his car and uh, I also blew up three Cosworth motors for an STI. And I, I hate EJ 25s. Like that could be a whole different podcast. Of <laughs> why James hates EJ 25s. And I can list every single reason because we just killed them. Like yeah. it's not. Um, so yeah, I've, I've built my, my fair share of uh, EJ 25s and I don't like them. I never want to touch a Subaru again. Like that's funny. That's just how it is. I'm like, I feel I, like even Subaru guys don't like them. Yeah. I Subaru boggles my mind. They're like, okay, we have this horrible engine, but let's just use it. We, we like, 
The design's been around for 30 years. We know the failures, but let's just keep putting in cars and keep having them blow up. Sounds kind of with... like S3. <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're doing wrong. <laughs> we're stay the core. There you go. <laughs> ride this out. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. I mean, every once in a while, like I love all cars, you know. And every once in a while, like certain cars start getting in my blood. Like the RX-7 did that time, and I was like, I'm gonna learn. I want to be a guy that knows about rotaries. And then I realized. Nah, you know, it's like I'm not. I'm not every, uh, I don't want to do that. Every once in a while, little Subarus, especially you know, like the earlier STIs and stuff, get in my blood, and I'm like, mm, I kind of want. And I'm like, nah, I've never, I've never. We feature a lot of cars. Yeah. And rarely do I come across one of those guys that hasn't rebuilt engines. Like 2015 and up, those are still new enough. But any of the older ones, man, they're pulling them out all the time. They're getting pretty yeah. good at it. Oh, yeah. Like, we did a podcast uh, recently with Mechanical Advantage Racing, and he was pulling an EJ25 out <laughs> during the podcast. <laughs> oh, that's classic. It's man, just not a thing, though. Like, it doesn't, you know, if he's got to pull it out, it doesn't piss him off or stress him out. He just... I think he had it out. It was like ready to come out by the time we finished the podcast. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. I think we got He's down. In to, too. Okay. Yeah, he ain't far. We got down to pulling EJ twenty fives out. I think because um, we ran minimal stuff on the cars, we can probably have the motor out in about forty five minutes. Yeah, um, I think that's what he said. Yeah, basically out and on the ground. Um, we never put them on stands. We always put them on the ground and then deal with it later. It was like get it out and then we'll just leave this for a week and then come back when we hate it less than we do now. Yeah, that's funny. I actually cool. need to, uh, I got to rebuild a hot wall. I don't need to rebuild a Honda motor. Oh yeah. I own an S 2000. That's actually what I daily. Oh, so do you? Speaking of yeah. V tech. So I have DFC and then I have an S 2000. Um, yeah. that thing just hit 260,000 miles actually. It's a uh, original it's motor. Old. Yeah, original motor, original drivetrain, original everything. She's an old girl. Seasoned. She's seasoned. She's, she's getting there. Article. I think it was your car. I was talking about how there's like an appeal sometimes to temperamental cars like that. You know what I mean? And I think I related it to like a horse or something, you know, for like an equestrian person. Like it, it's almost a hobby to like tame the you know to tame the horse or to yeah. get this thing it's like yeah this thing's a pain in the ass and it's finicky and it's hard to whatever and you got to deal with it but like that's part of i think it's really cool that there's people that still do it like what freaking what a shame would it be if like nobody messed with rotaries anymore because everybody was like me and was like ah oh, they're a pain in the ass let's just it would you know, yeah do a k series <laughs> you know and so i mean it's cool that there's people out there that are like yeah but it's cool so i'm gonna keep it alive yeah. i'm gonna do it the hard way because it's cool i i actually love when people do that um like i'm all for like so so swaps don't bother me i know like every arc seven is like oh ls right, swap right. Pet, or, or or whatever people have say like i truly don't care because mm -hmm. at, the, at the end of the day i'm like i know you know what you know and you don't what you don't. And if mm -hmm. some dude does not want to learn a rotary and like, just it's like, no, like fuck that shit. I'm, I'm out. Then <laughs> put an LS in it, put a K series in it, put whatever you want in there. Cause I think it's cooler to see an RX seven anywhere 
Yeah, than, alive. Then it, it is to have a rotary. Like, I mean, I, I drive LS swapped at uh, FDs. Like, I've, I've got a buddy that has one. I autocross it every single time he brings it out. And it, it's fun. It actually, like, screws me up all the time because I'm like, oh, yeah, I can only rev this thing, like, 6,000. And um, <laughs> it was funny. Like, we were in the car, and I just started banging off rev limiter. I'm like, oh. This is this is weird. My car has power here. Like, uh, and then I gotta remember, oh, yeah, I gotta shift it. Um yeah, like I I think it's cool that, that people just still have RX sevens and actually like enjoy them still. Um whether it's rotary, piston, whatever. Like I, I just think it's cool to to see them. Um and that's a that's what I a mean, lot of people don't agree with me on. I mean, I'm selling myself on another one right now. It's just, you know, especially the FC, like, dude, I was, you know, I grew up in Jacksonville, so I got to go to 24 hours a Daytona and mm -hmm. those damn GTU, you know, the, the, uh, the FCs. Yeah. yeah, dude, those cars. And I didn't know what a rotary was, but they just <laughs> captivated me, man. Like they just, they were awesome. They sound so cool. And now I'll go to like the Monterey Historics and that, you know, Mazda always does, it's Laguna Sega, you know, they always yeah. do a thing there and they'll fire those cars up and it just, dude, it draws everybody. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's so, yeah, somebody's got to keep them things alive. It's cool. Like it, they just have a cool sound. Like I, I love going to the track with like, um, Andrew, uh, Andrew Casty. he's got that white FC with the really big wing that always came to grid life, like GT okay. and stuff. Yeah. yeah um i love it like when andrew turns his car on or when i turn my car on in the pits you know exactly what just started and whose car it was and it it's sounds like, like a freaking racetrack dude there's something about that early morning road atlanta do on the ground and then all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yes that's it and it's <laughs> up around yeah I, I think it's so much cooler than like when someone starts their LS at or LS swapped whatever, it's like, oh, cool, it's an LS. Like we, yeah. we we've all heard cammed LSs since yeah. forever, but it's like, whatever a ported rotary starts, everyone just knows what it is, whether you like it or hate it. You're like, oh yeah, an RX7 will started. Like that's just one of the coolest things to me. Yeah, it's sick. Um, so where do you like? Where do you want your driving career? to go do you want it to be a career um yeah i would act like i would love it to to one day be a career i mean i like i basically treat it as a career right now it just doesn't pay me um <laughs> but even if it <laughs> we got you we feel you <laughs> even if it was like just a just a, a gig where well it's actually kind of happening um but even if it was just a gig where it's like hey please drive my race car like I, I don't have to get paid. Like I, I, I don't care if someone paid me. Like if someone came to me and was like, "Hey, here's a, uh, here's a GT3 car, just go race it or go drive it," I'd be like, "For sure." Uh, like I would pay you to let me do that. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it, like it's one of those things to me. So I just want to. I I love driving whatever I can get into. Um, whether it's someone's clapped out 240 drift car or mm -hmm. someone's hundred thousand dollar time attack vet or just just anything um so like i would love to to get into wheel to wheel at some point mm -hmm. yeah. and try to do like per early world challenge um i could definitely see myself getting into that i need to go to pike's peak one of these one of these years yeah um yeah i need to find someone that has a car that'll let me drive pike's peak because i don't know if i want to build 
like <laughs> rebuild the FC, yeah. pick mm-hmm. all of my questionable things I did back when I was younger and make it like more safe. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I would love to do that. Um, but yeah, I like one day I would like it to be a career, even if it like doesn't pay me anything. Yeah. Even if I could just travel or like have like my cost covered. Like if, yeah. if, if one day will be dope is if one day racing didn't cost me a single thing. Yeah. Like I could get someone to pay for that. I could still have my nine to five job that funds my entire life. But if racing just didn't cost me a cent, that'd be awesome. I that remember talking, telling Mike that last year, cause you know, like last year with the type R, that was a deal that we had put together with Motivicity. Yeah. Technically we were getting checks from Motivicity, which we were using to drive the type R I looked over and I said, you know what we are? You're We're professional, professional race car drivers. drivers. Race car drivers. <laughs> I, couldn't say, I couldn't say racer because we weren't wheel to wheel or anything like that. Yeah. But we were professional drivers. Yeah. Check. <laughs> On that. Yeah. That's definitely one of the goals for me is just to, just to have that experience, just to have whatever someone, someone to write me a check. I'm going to send you some PayPal. It'll be like, I don't know, 10 bucks, <laughs> maybe 15 bucks. I'll, you know what? I'll write you a check. That way you can at least look at it and be like, I am now a paid a- driver. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, uh, let, let me grab something. Speaking of money right now. Hold up. Speaking of uh, the Type R, um, if you guys haven't been paying attention to our social medias uh, for whatever reason, um, Mike Sanders, co-owner of S3 Magazine, he's right here in the podcast with us, actually picked up not only our Type R from the Motivisty series, but Super Streets Evo um, as well. So congrats to Mike. Hunter, you were breaking up when you said that, basically, Cliff Notes. Yeah, Mike bought back the Type R, which we kept threatening we were going to do. And then then somehow it worked out. Talk about, yeah, you just got to speak things into your life sometimes, I guess. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'll be damned. So now we have a Type R and an Evo. And don't really know what we're going to do with it. Actually, I was you guys don't know, but I was talking to James about that last week. Because we were supposed to do the podcast. It got postponed. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I was like... I don't know what we're going to do with them, but we had a really small window uh, to get them or not get them. So, of course, we had to do it because it was just, you know, one of those things you can't pass up. Yeah. But now without Motivicity's assistance, now that they've been bought, you know, by turn 14, it's like, ah, crap, this is going to get expensive. <laughs> yeah. Fast, you know? Yeah, and I don't feel quite so bad about blowing up their car, but now that I own them, I really yeah. don't feel my car. <laughs> different- there is something... <laughs> Truly freeing, and for sure anybody listening, on you guys blowing up my cars. Yeah, there's something that was so freeing about getting a car like a Type R, which is a new, you know, expensive car for a lot of people or whatever. It's not anything to sneeze at, and um, knowing that you're only going to have it for six months. It's like yeah. the most freeing feeling. And we weren't like hooning it and trying to beat it up for the sake. It, it was actually the opposite. You know, we were trying to really respect Stop the car. But there was something just knowing that you weren't like having to worry about what the repercussions were going to be in 10 years or every little scratch on the <laughs> car or whatever. It was just part of it. You know, like, dude, I would I would advise anybody to kind of within reason Treat your car like you're going to sell it in six months. Like there is a timeline and then it's going to be gone. Because so many people. It's funny that you. 
it's funny that you say that about like not caring about the car and now Mike looks back over the series like ah we shouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking yeah. Of, of of this whole philosophy, that's actually like how I treat the race car kind of. Yeah. Except I don't treat it the way I'm 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 gonna sell it because I I never will. How I treat it is one day I'm gonna drive into a wall. And like yeah. that just it is what it is. Like yeah. I is what it is. I, I like don't get on a track in a car unless I know completely, which I, I mean, I always, I always know, but as long as like, if someone asks me to drive their car, I'm like, you, you understand that I could crash this into a wall. And if you are not okay with that, I will not drive your car. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to crash it. I'm not saying that's what I plan to do or whatever, but there is a chance. Like if a tire blows or something fails or I just mess up that day, mm-hmm. like, we can go into a wall. And that's how I always treated the FC. It was like, it's a consumable at the end of the day. Like it's a race car. It's a tool. And uh, people always ask, like, like I I just put a FC 2000 front bumper on my car. Like the, you guys know the old, um, Aria Mimia looking FCs. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I I put a rep version of that on my car and everybody got real upset. And all the, the internet's like, why would you buy fake parts? Don't, don't buy reps. I'm like, well, Am I going to spend two thousand dollars on a bumper, or am I going to spend three hundred bucks? Because yeah. when I crash it, three hundred bucks sounds a lot better. It's yeah. a consumable <laughs> part yeah. than me ruining some some rare new like thing from Japan that that like I just those purists don't want you to have that on your car. Yeah, they, like they don't. They, they they all claim they they want me to, but then if you see it smashed up and be like oh you should have bought a rep one and like, <laughs> those right. same people are saying oh he shouldn't have had that on there on a race car yeah yeah uh, yeah i just from it i watched that exact thing happen um with i don't know if you guys listening are familiar with the youtuber tj hunt i remember it being a big stink on social media because he bought a rep rocket bunny kit for a brz at one point in time no. so then he goes all right fine so he buys a real Rocket Bunny kit for his 350Z that later turned into a drift car. And then they were like, why did you do that? Why did you put a Rocket Bunny kit on a 350Z? And he's like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. He's like, I'm just selling everything. You can't please her. Like, you, you, no, you, you can't please her. Can't please the mom. No. Like, there's always once, like, someone will always have a problem with what you do. So I always just, like do what I want. And if like, that's how I approach you to like, Hey, if, if, if you want to watch or follow along to whatever I do, cool. But if you don't, I really don't care. Like it's, yeah. it's not my thing. And unless you're giving me money, then I don't care about your opinion for the most part either. Like, it's, yeah, sure. I, like I'm doing whatever I'm like, you're watching my videos for some sort of entertainment. And if I don't do what you want, pay me. And then we can discuss <laughs> my, uh, Exactly. my my opinions but uh oh what what i meant to show you guys well you'll like this i don't know if you saw on my facebook oh i, I did see oh, that that's awesome. did see that. hell yeah well, what's that that reminds me what's the stay up thing oh the stay up thing because so i that, was in my I, I have an old 911 not to brag but just to set the stage i guess and i hadn't driven it in a while and i got in it and i was fumbling through like the door cards oh there's a gold stay up sticker that i must have gotten from you i remember i got it from you at like road atlanta at one of those things and yeah. i threw it in the door panel and it disappeared <laughs> you know how sometimes the stickers suck up to like the inside yep. i didn't know it was there forever is yeah. that like a brand or what that was so one of my 
one of my good buddies, uh, his name's Kevin, um, Kevin Wilson. He's actually tight with uh, Jared Dienda as well. Um, Kevin was a uh, marketing guy for H. Scott Motorsports and a couple of the NASCAR teams. And then when shit hit the fan for NASCAR and like the recession and, and, and things like that, he got fired. And then he yeah. started a, a little clothing company that was called Head Held High. And uh, his kind of like little hashtag motto was stay up. So it was just like kind of one of those things of um, just kind of keep your head up. And like if shit's bad, yeah. like keep going through it. Um, so yeah, like all the like pretty much everything had stay up on it. I actually have a tattoo for that company on my bicep. That, uh, <laughs> I get made fun of a lot for. Uh, Kevin's got it too. Um it's technically the shadow of like two mountains and it, it was on every hat. I'm sure I have some somewhere around here, but it was like on every piece of clothing we did. Oddly enough, it looks like a lightning bolt. So I get made fun of a lot for my lightning bolt. And then some people ask, and I actually tell them the story and they think it's cool. But um, yeah, that's I realize the, I've got a stay up sticker on my uh, camera gear. Oh, do you? Back here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, you, I think you gave that. it to me at, at grid life. Yeah. But it's yeah. been on there for a while. This, yeah, I did. Uh, I I made like I think I made like a hundred of those, and I gave them out of grid life. I just gave them out to to anybody that came to talk to us, or or anybody that like wanted to come come say hi. I started giving them out, and uh, that was kind of the deal. Was I was going to give out all of them for free just for grid life, like whichever. That was my first grid life. I'm like, I'll never do them again. So that was kind of the uh the the fun part about that was just have just making one little run and giving them to whoever whoever wanted them. So I appreciate the brand. Yeah, yeah, it's still it. It's still a well. It's it's head held high, but it's still a brand. Um, we still oh, okay. sell clothes and, and sell things. Stay up was just like the little uh, slogan that slogan. Like motto slogan. Yeah, you're probably sure. in our grid life video then, because I, I mean we were up late trying to get footage all night, and I think I think you just handed it to me like when I came in and shot the cars or something. Probably. Yeah. I always like. I know I always stop bully whenever I see him at the track to talk for like five minutes and then go back to either drinking or fixing my my car god i can't wait to get back to that (laughs) and it's been a long time yeah have you been running any events since the pandemic hit um so i have yes and no um i guess to kind of depends i've not driven my car to any events because it's too much of a pain so i go to uh i help uh matt burke with uh i track motorsports so i kind of help him run his events and then i'm in charge of all like it's basically drifting and and grip driving so i'm in charge of all of the grip events that's kind of my wheelhouse i deal with those guys and then matt does drifting or Mm -hmm. runs those and i go down every every time there's an event at lanier or uh cordial or wherever they have them i just help him run the event um because it it's stressful for him like and it's stressful for me too like i sometimes i hate doing it but just uh running a drift event all day is hard yeah. <laughs> and uh matt and i'll take turns like running start and basically doing flags and just kind of we like we, we just have to watch the whole time and just like make sure no one's a- either endangering themselves about to get hurt fire whatever so we're just like always on the lookout and just making sure everybody's being safe so i trade off with matt a lot like we'll uh we'll get there early i'll help him set up the course and then we'll take turns kind of overseeing everything and at the same time when we're not running we try to go scumbag people into letting us drive drive their cars yeah so we do that every time Only is that 
is that is Matt the guy that we ran into Matt on the mountain Brewitt, that day Brewitt, during that Matt, snow day? Hey, yeah. What's his, yeah, Matt Brewitt, right? Yeah. yeah so Brewitt. You, you ever okay? Yeah. See, I, I know he's into the whole room for low off road stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you ever do that with him? I have not. Um, I don't <laughs> own a vehicle. I would love to. Um, I need a so. Matt's actually trying to convince me to do that with him. I need to buy a truck. So the one thing I don't own is a truck, and it makes my life very hard. Just because, <laughs> like, I have an RX-7. I refuse to drive on the street, which yeah. means I have to tow it everywhere. And not having a truck makes it hard. So I'm saving up for, like, a, a third-gen Cummins right now. But Matt's yeah. trying to get me to buy a smaller truck so mm -hmm. I can go do off-road stuff with him. Sure. So now it's the now it's basically the trade off of do I want a like big diesel that I could tow an enclosed trailer with that I need to buy, or should I just get an open trailer and then have a littler truck that I can go wheel with him and still tow the car and haul all the gear. So that's kind of the conundrum right now. But with how things are going, I'm not going to buy a truck until next year, just because there's no race season anymore. So I don't need to rush getting anything. Yeah. So I'll just keep putting money away and eventually get something around December, uh, January. That's cool. Yeah. That's nice. I was but just, <laughs> yeah, the off road stuff is going to be a lot cheaper for you <laughs> than the track stuff. I feel With like you're modifying it and it gets expensive <laughs> as hell really fast. Yeah. Speaking of uh, off road stuff, do you, do you remember it was the first Grid Life I, when I gave you the sticker? Um, did, do you guys remember seeing a burgundy third gen Cummins that looked like a trophy truck with a bunch of overland stuff on it? No, I would have, no, I would have no. remembered that. So I'll, I'll, I'll have to find a picture. I'll text it to you, Willie. But that was the truck that we used to tow my car to the track with that year. Oh yeah. And I actually got, uh, made fun of by the, by the organizers and stuff. Like, uh, we got there and they're like, you brought a lot of truck and not a lot of car. It's like, thanks, guys. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> it was actually, it was one of my buddies from, uh, he, he lives up in Cape Cod, and he decided, like, for his vacation, he's just going to drive down south in his Cummins trophy yeah. truck yeah. and haul my car to grid life. <laughs> That's cool. So he drove that thing down, and, uh, yeah, we took it to grid life. And it was funny. I had a bunch of guys come up to me, and, and they wanted to talk about the truck. And they're like, hey, they're they're like, what's this truck or or whatever? And I'm like, uh, it's got a diesel. Or I'm like, it's a diesel and it has a turbo. That's about all I know. <laughs> and they're like, everybody was like sad, upset. I'm like, this guy's the owner. Go, go find him. Go talk to him. Hit him up on Instagram. He'll tell you all about the truck. I'm like, I don't know anything about trucks. Um, and after that experience, I've like been researching diesels now and and like getting into trucks more and just I just know how useful they are. I think I just grew up. Because in college, I was like, oh, I just want sports cars for the rest of my life. And now I'm in the point in my life where I just want to drive a couch, basically, yeah. as a daily. I just want a couch. <laughs> yeah. like, I just want to be comfortable. I don't want to have to, like, hurt my back getting into my lowered S2000 <laughs> and driving around <laughs> coilovers and, like, listening to my exhaust. Like, I just, I just don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I know, but around where I live, trucks are essentially just the basic bitch soccer mom car for yeah. dad. So. Yeah, like, it's true. I mean, mm. while they look cool... To be fair, so are Jeeps. <laughs> oh. <laughs> those words. If you see a Jeep coming, there's a 50-50 chance it's a girl driving it. Yeah. 100%. 
trucks. Yeah. It's always that's a, that's a bad thing. It's always just the basic ass husband. Like, I just want to take the easy route. I want a Chevy or a Ford. It's going to be white or black because those are tough colors and black <laughs> wheels. And they just all again, it's where I live, but they literally all drive them around. I'm like, can you guys do something freaking different, please? Yeah. Like, it's just God. But and they all have to park on the grass. Like, it doesn't matter if there's plenty of open parking spots at the restaurant. They always well, pull on. And the here's lot. what I figured out: they're all contractors or roofers or whatever's. You know what I mean? And so they can write the F two fifty off. You know, and so they go to the dealership, they buy the F-150, F-250, Silverado, whatever it is, and then they have the dealership put like, you know, five grand worth of mods on top of it. They do their little, you know, generic lift and 35s or whatever, and then they can finance and roll all that in. They can't go buy a damn Mustang or an S-2000 and shit like that and write that off. So that's why all these dudes have just kind of been funneled into the same six trucks it's like oh. you want the 150 or the 250 for sure like that's uh that that, that that's definitely how it is too like when i was at clemson mm-hmm. every every frat star had a fourth gen cummins or some brand new f f250 mm-hmm. with god knows how many dollars in wheels and horribly like rubber band thin mud tires on them like it was always nitto mm-hmm. trail wraps yeah and that was just like your basic ass truck at clemson yeah I was like, all right cool was like uh you have a you have a 2016 cummins or f-250 nice everybody yeah. they all look the same and, yeah and and it's it's hilarious yeah they're they're white or black there's there's no other colors white or black that yeah. that's what they all have um, yeah and they always killed me like i i like I, I just died laughing and then on the flip side at clemson like if you see a JKU Jeep, there is a 80% chance a girl drives it. Yeah. <laughs> there are a bunch of TJs around, and those are all pretty much dudes. But yeah. If it's a JKU, there's like some mild lift on it and some all terrain tire and some like stock wheel. Definitely a girl. Mo- like 100% girl. And no, yeah, I literally think we, you know, Rugged Ridge Jeep Company, they make aftermarket parts and they're uh, advertiser parts and they're local. So we're friends with a bunch of those guys. And, and I, you know, they're a big enough company to really do the market research. And this has been like four years, three years now. And they were like, statistically, 48% of all JK owners are women now, you know, so like we have to think about that to a certain point and what we make yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Why? and then the Bronco is going to steal yeah. a lot of that female Jeep demographic because now it's going to drive nice. You oh, know, yeah. top will still come back. It'll still have the, the vibes. So Actually, my wife has already got her little deposit on one. <laughs> nice. What, uh, which one is she getting? Four-door. Okay. You know, the the four-door, not the damn sport. That thing doesn't <laughs> count. But, uh, you, know, the, you know, the whatever. Like, yeah. Um. But she's, you know, she is the TRD Pro Forerunner driver now, you know. Yeah. And I, but she's dope. pulling a Wooly, actually. So is Mike. But she's pulling a me, and she's like, "Well, I don't want to get rid of the Forerunner, <laughs> but I want the Bronco." Yeah. <laughs> like, well, have I've done filled up the whole house with cars. So I don't know what you're gonna put. <laughs> but whatever. <clears throat> but yeah, I think that you know everybody's talking about oh RIPG because of the Bronco, and it's like well. Really, it is Toyota that's going to have to get their crap together because they've been kind of... Oh, for sure. 
resting on their previous reputation and dominance for quite a while now. But yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see what happens. Does Toyota, do they still make, um, like, is the FJ Cruiser still a thing or is that gone? They, they killed the FJ and basically that's when they introduced the TRD Pro Forerunner. Oh, okay. Then gonna be, it's weird because the Forerunner has been out since what? I think like 11 with a mild facelift around 15 or something like that. But all of a sudden, it, they like rejuvenated that whole thing and it got super popular with the pros. And okay. I don't know. They've been running that same Forerunner for a while now. So I'm waiting for Toyota to come with something. Is there a chance? Something radical. Because the Tundra is the same way. It's been out forever. Yeah. I love that truck. But it's been out forever to the point where it's like I'd be hesitant to buy one because I want to see what the next one looks like. Yeah. But then another year goes by and they don't make a next one. I guess keep rolling with it, you know. Yeah, I get that. Um yeah, so other guys get back into the Say what? I'm ready to see some other guys get back. I want to see like we were just talking about the Mitsubishi Pajero. Pajero. Yeah, a little stuff like that. Actually, let's talk about like as we're complaining about the Tundra. Can we talk about (laughs) Nissan and how the the, the Nissan Frontier is the same thing from 2005 to 2025. Yeah. Like, yeah. Actually, so my mom got into like a, a car accident last year and we went to, my, my dad put me in charge of like finding her a new vehicle. And my mom really liked Frontiers. So I'm like, all right, I'll go look at a Frontier. I found like a 2010 Frontier at a dealership. Mm-hmm. I was like, used. I walked in and it looked the same as 2005. It was the same interior, the mm-hmm. same gauge cluster. It's like, how can Nissan continue to do this? <laughs> like, yeah. You got to do something. And I mean, it's the same, like look at the three seventy Z it's been the same for, I think it came out in what? Oh nine or something. Yeah. yeah. been the same for 10 years. And like, like the, the only thing that's changed, I think is the Tundra. Cause you can now get a Cummins or uh, sorry. Uh, Titan. Oh, front two, or yeah. Titan Titan. Dude, Not you, anymore. You, they killed it. Oh, they so Nissan killed the one good thing that happened to the Titan. Was the they killed the XD because they kept burning down. Yeah, I, I don't think it was working out. Yeah. But yeah. I'll be damned if they don't make a new Altima every other year. Oh, yeah. That or like Maximus, dude. At least like, it's not an SUV, man. True. I, I just, I hate chrome grills. I don't even like Nissan now Same. that the emblems are chrome. Like yeah. I, you know, like I just, uh, I, I, yeah. The Murano is a germaphobe's car, although oh, I, that kind of works these days. But like, I always make fun of it for being a germaphobe car. Let's not forget the Roman or the Murano convertible. Murano. Oh, that oh, that's classic but, thing. That one was, my neighbors has one of those, and it's so bad. You guys go look it up. I forget what it's called, but there is a Facebook page dedicated to just ripping on the Murano convertible. <laughs> but like people don't know that the actual Murano convertible owners think that they found a Facebook page for their car, which they all really like and have bought on purpose. And so yeah. one of them, when whenever one of them comes in and says, oh, I just love mine, and they post pictures, like all the trolls immediately change and get super nice. And they do not troll at all. They're like, I love it. That's so awesome. That's the best interior color component thing. Congratulations on your purchase. I'm just hoping one day I can, you know, get Dude. one. And like, but they're all completely nice. Speaking, 
<laughs> it's Speaking hilarious. Of the, of the of the vert Murano. So there is there's one in Greenville. At least there was a couple of years ago. Yeah. There was a pink vert Murano that was donked. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna say Tommy. Yeah. And it, I think I've seen one. I think I've seen that one on that Facebook page actually. It it, it always pops up at Cars and Coffee every now and then. And like I see it and I'm just like Yep, Murano's are still disgusting. It's like, <laughs> props to you for doing this, but like, maybe still pretty bad. <laughs> I don't understand what happened. Well, actually, I do know what happened in Nissan. It's like the CEO, Mike knows about this. The CEO just kind of stole all the money and tried to dip out of the country, I think. That's right. That's wild. They got him, right? Yeah, I heard that he, he's, they in, got he's in jail that. right now. What's, what's that dude's name? I don't remember. He got a weird name, didn't he? I'm yeah. sure. Uh, I don't remember, but yeah, it was a it was a crazy story. He like while he was under house arrest, you know, being investigated, he like threw a big massive party at his house, and he escaped like in one of the musicians' uh, like uh, bass guitar cases or something. <laughs> like it was some audio equipment. He like dipped in the case and left that way, and then ended up leaving the country, going to like Libya or something like that. Ooh. It's a pretty insane story. When did this happen? That's wild. I think it's kind of been not that long ago. Jeez, I never heard of people. He probably had to pay to pull that off. It's insane. That could not have been an easy task. But to not totally crap on Nissan, the next Z at least could be yeah something cool. They're saying turbo six speed. Yeah. So as long as we get at least the six speed part of it, that's cool. I think uh, yeah. I think cool or well I think could be is the key word there because like how yeah. many how many years have we been here and like the FRS is going to be turbo now or the BRZ or, or whatever you want to call that like everybody promises their stuff and then it comes out and it's like hey it's the same thing you had but well it looks better and my concern with the Z is it's going to come out it's going to be every bit of forty five grand if It'll not a little bit more and we all know that in two years it'll be twenty. You know what I mean? And then in six years, it'll be 10. You know, it's just like, it's one of those cars, they make a lot of them. And good or not, it's just hard to justify being one of the first to get it. Like, I'll want it in 20 years, probably, for a minute. Like, I feel like like that's how the Supra is going to be, too. Uh I was about to ask about the Supra. Do you think the A90 is going to hold its value? I don't think it will, just because... I mean, I, I don't even know how many they've made, but I know how Toyota likes to make cars, and they just crank them out. Um, <laughs> and that's the... Uh, I think that's going to be the problem. And, I mean, I think the A90 is cool and all, but it's 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 not good, in my opinion. It's not like, good. Like, they just put a... They put a crappy slush box in there. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I, I don't know. That, that was probably a BMW call, just because... I feel like only M cars get cool stuff and everybody and like everything else in the BMW factory is the redhead stepchild. They don't care about They'll still mm-hmm. charge yeah. you like 80 grand for it, but they don't really care. Like, yeah, you want to have whatever a three, I don't even know what they, what they are now. Three twenty I think they make yeah, that. I don't know they're what they like, are. Yeah. They're like, ah, yeah, we'll sell you a three twenty I, but we actually don't really give a shit about that car or, or you could buy an M three and then we'll love you. And then we'll like, we'll treat that thing nice and we'll give yeah. that the cool parts. Like, um, so that's the thing. I don't know. I, I just feel like I, I, I like how the A90 Supra looks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just am kind of sad as a slush box. I'm mm-hmm. kind of sad that 
um the interior like there's really no true differences i think from what i've seen between toyota and bmw like they just look the same yeah uh, there's just no sort of like difference to them in my opinion the only difference i notice is that when you roll down the window on a supra you get absolutely terrible wind baffling in the cabin that i just don't i'm like dude i drive a lot of new cars right yeah you know with the magazine and all new cars are good and i just don't understand how like how did that happen like how do you make a car in 2020 that if you roll down the windows, it's an instantaneous, like I have a video cause I dropped the little key fob in the, the door pocket, you know, like the little mm. thing that you close the door with, like the little, yeah. whatever, the pocket mm. right there. <clears throat> Put the key in it, roll down the window and the keys are going cause there's just so much <laughs> vibration. And I'm like, this is, this is just everything that's a miss and why people aren't buying sports cars. It's 55 grand. It's a goddamn automatic, which nobody is realizing that's not what we want. It's 55 yeah. grand, automatic, no back seat. I mean, 55 grand, I can have an automatic truck with a freaking giant back seat. Exactly. A, a sports car yeah. needs to have a feel. Like, I want the damn windows to go down, right? Like, I, yeah. I would love the Targa from the old Supra. Like, yeah. it needs to be mm -hmm. a, like, there needs to be enough about that car to where you sit in it and you go... I don't care. I oh, got to yeah. have this car. You know, and they're like, but it's not practical. You can't buy. I don't care. I have yeah. to have this car. There is a bond now and I have to have it. And with that car, I'm like. That's what, that's what all of the, everybody else is doing for me. Like, we'll just say like the brand, like the exotic brands or the expensive brands, like Aston Martin, like yeah. all, 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 all of them, like Aston Martin, Lamborghini, Ferrari, <laughs> um, whoever you want to call even Audi with the R8, like, you know that they're going to suck. You know that they're going to break and they're going to be expensive and you're going to hate them, but mm. you sit in them and you're like, yes, this mm -hmm. is mine. Like I want it. <laughs> right. yeah. Like I don't care that this is going to put me in insane amount of debt here in the future. And like, I'm going to hate this car. I'm going to want to set it on fire. But in that moment you sit in it and you're like, this is, this is mine. Like, I feel like a race car driver. Yeah. Um, 911s are, are exactly that way and it's just that's how I think the Supra should feel I think yeah. it should be like it's yeah. essential I mean yeah. it's just it. I don't get it I just you know, I don't know but, I mean I would rather if I had 55 grand and I was going to a Toyota dealership and I'm the editor of a car magazine I would buy the Tundra you know yeah. what I mean I go buy a TRD Pro Tundra or the 1794 or whatever it is and I would buy an FC or a CRX or some crap like that with any money I had left over to play with. That's kind of my motto, new trucks, old cars. Like, why would I buy until there's a new car like that that really gets me, you know? And the Fiesta ST got me, that's why I went and bought it, but it's also cheap. But like, it's yeah. like, you know, you get in it and you're like, yep, gotta have it. Like I instantly went back to all the tuner cars of the nineties that I love, you know? And it was like, yep, this is it. This is an annoying little like rice burning, you know, like a combo yeah. box. It's loud. It's feisty. It wants to be driven hard. Like the Supra doesn't really want to be driven hard. It doesn't bring it out of you. It didn't, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. It just, but, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it just reminds me of those, of those BMWs where it's like, I mean, anything that's not an M car from BMW just feels like you're you're just trying too hard. Like mm -hmm. you're just like you just want to be accepted by society, mm -hmm. and you're like, please, 
You're please talking about me. BMW owners. Please love me. Please, please <laughs> notice me. Please notice I spent X amount of money. And it's so funny because I'm the exact opposite. Like I've had a little itch for an M3, either the the V8 four door or else mm-hmm. the newer whatever it is, you know, four or four door car. But I get turned off because I'm like, we saw one today driving back from the lake, and I was like, you like that car, Casey? And Casey's my wife, and she's like, not really. And I was like, I like it. The problem is there is no way, no how, I'm not going to look like a dick in that car. And that's like what I don't want. I want the M3, but without that kind of like yeah. look, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But in order for me to get that, you got to go back. You know, you got to get older. And even if you get the E90 or whatever, it's like, okay, now I'm just getting the car that's about to have a lot of problems. <laughs> you so, know? Speaking so, of that, my, uh, my crew chief, Ty, he has an E92 M3. Mm-hmm. Has almost 100,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. It's been great. He did the rod bearings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what Which is what? Me. How much is that? Uh, I think that was two grand. Okay. 2500, something like that. I'm what kills me also is BMW's like, yeah, we're going to have rod bearings be consumable on our car. Like, should rod bearings be consumable? Absolutely not. Like, that <laughs> should not be consumable. I should not have to, like, it's not a race car. I should not have to pull my motor apart every 60,000 miles and change rod bearings. Like, yeah. no, I, I, sure, I don't yeah. get, but somehow they sell their car as the ultimate driving machine. I'm like, no, it ain't. Yeah. <laughs> not, if I, not if I have to do that as a consumable. Like, but it just doesn't make sense. It was funny. I, I took him to the airport and I was driving his car, his, his, his BMW back from Atlanta. And uh, I got pulled over for doing 105 on 85 and a E92 and three. And I was like, I was sitting there. I was fully prepared to go to jail. It's like, oh yep, we are probably going to jail. It was like Sunday morning at I don't know eight o'clock. I was near. Uh, I was. Uh, what? What? What's right before Brasselton? Is there? Do I know? Like on eighty five. Hamilton Mill. Um, Hamilton Mill and Buford Swan. Other way. Other way towards like me and Clemson. So like. Oh, Jefferson uh, Commerce. Jefferson Commerce. I think I was in Co- Jefferson or Commerce, but uh, yeah, I got pulled over, and and this this cop comes up to the the window and he knocks on the door, and uh. He, uh, he, I, I rolled on one and he's like, I caught you speeding. It's like, yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> he's like, I caught you, I caught you doing 105. I'm like, perfect. That sounds like a great number to me. <laughs> and, uh, then he's like, he's like, I, I need your license registration. I'm like, all right, cool. So I gave it to him. And, and, sure you do. He, he walks back and I'm sitting there like, oh, great. Like I'm texting my buddy, John. I'm like, Hey bud. I'm going to go to jail. Can you come get me? Probably. And he's just like, Christ. So, uh, cop comes back and, and he looks at me and he's, and, and we start talking about the, the M3. He's like, he's like, how do you like this car? And, uh, and whatnot. And he's basically like, does it make you feel like an asshole? I'm just like, yeah, pretty much it does. Like, I feel like a dick every time I drive this car. Like it just happens. Like I actually don't own it, but it, it's my roommates. But yeah, I feel like a dick every time I drive it. He's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, I have friends that own these, and basically they all say the same thing. Like, they're not assholes, but everybody thinks they are. But uh, yeah. we continue our story, and he's like, well, it's like, I'm going to it's like, it's like, gonna make your day here. I'm like, perfect. He's like, I'm going to give you a verbal warning. He's like, this is your verbal warning for, for this. He's like, please slow down. He's like, I don't want to see your car again today, or your roommate's car. He's like, and I'll tell you right now, down towards the road by Brasselton, there are some cops there. They're not very nice, and they will take you to jail for doing the shit you just did in front of me. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I suggest you go back to Clemson. Yeah. 
and you just hang out and then uh, you just contemplate your life there. And I was like, yes, sir. And I turned around and uh, I'm like, wow. <laughs> like the, uh, How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because I, I Snapchatted it as soon as it happened. And, and Ty's sitting on the plane and we have like a little group Snapchat. And uh, I was like, boys, got pulled over to 105. And Ty's like, great. Now my car's impounding. You're going to jail. It's <laughs> like, yeah, probably. He's like, Christ. He's like, I gotta stop letting you drive this thing. I'm like, you probably should. Because uh, a huge problem I have with new cars, specifically German cars, I have no concept of speed mm-hmm. in new German cars. Okay. Like, because doing 100 miles an hour feels like I'm doing 70 in my S2000. Like, yeah. it's quiet, yeah. it's comfortable, and it's stable. So, mm-hmm. and also, I'm bad. I never look at gauges when I drive. Like, I don't look at a dash. I don't look at anything. I feel like it's just a race car thing. But I drive <laughs> on feel. So, like, never looked and sometimes i'll look down and catch myself doing 110 or 15 and his in three and i'm like all right we're going way too fast but yeah. it feels like you're doing 70 the like problem is yeah. this is something i've been on for a while i think i'm just getting old and grouchy but it's like are you really going too fast were you really going too fast it's like no cars have gotten so damn good you yeah. know to where you can be going 105 miles an hour down the road and be Same perfectly point comfortable and in control of the vehicle especially yeah. you because you have some driving skills and it's like the roads the speed limits haven't changed since my dad was a kid yeah. you know car technology has gone light years i mean cars are practically driving themselves the population has gotten full that's a problem you know because basically the problem we're having is not us going 105 it's the fact that there's too many assholes on this planet and there's too many assholes on the road. And there's like, no, at least in Georgia, the only qualification is like, can you stop at a stop sign? And do you have a pulse? Like, it is literally not a driver's test. It is a right. sign test. You know, like, it's just, do you understand what an arrow going that way means? It's turn lane. Okay, well, here's your license. Go drive that 6,000 pound SUV. You know, and yeah. it's like, like i you know i know everybody's trying to be politically correct these days but like can we change can there be an actual driving school for a driver's license when i you know i told you i worked at road atlanta yeah this was when i was in college i was more or less an intern meaning you know like i was getting my 825 an hour or whatever it was and i was doing whatever they wanted so i was maintaining the cars light maintaining like changing brakes and and checking tires and all and and stuff like that and then when there were schools this was the fun part whenever there were schools i got to just help out you know what i mean i just i I had a four-wheeler and i got to run around and do whatever had to be done and um one of the schools that they did was a performance what did they call it It was like a team performance or defensive driving team of driving school but they taught you like threshold braking aggressive lane change they put you on the skid pad the wet dry you know and and they would you know kick the car out and show you like how to correct that and what that felt like um there was a bunch of things that they did at, at the end it ended with a team autocross you know on their little autocross track or whatever yeah. uh, but like that should be a thing that's like, actually um that's still a well it's a thing that you can do so a, I think you have to do it. It definitely should be what you have to do. So I mean, when was like, this? It's just, especially living in Atlanta and now being a father, like I'm, I was, you know, I drove back from Alabama today. So I was on the road with this and then there was rain and then everything just went completely to hell with these yeah. people. 
And Casey, you know, my wife's just trying to get me to calm down. She's like, well, you just can't change things. I was like, well, this is something that you can change. Yeah. You know, I was like, the fact <laughs> of the matter is the person in front of me, like, has not maintained their car ever. You know, it's probably right. not ever put wiper blades or the tires are way past due. And now they're going 40 in the interstate because there's a little bit of rain. It's not. Were there hazards on too? Yes. Yes. Oh, classic. Classic. Like, what's the big deal they they're trying to I'm like the big deal is now I can't see their brake light you know what I mean like it's yeah. this, it, as dumb as it sounds it is a little disorienting when that's flashing and you're in the same rain they are trying to deal with the same thing and you're like can you not like, like oh, yeah. you know, now I'm having a hard time you pull yourself figuring together, out what please. you're trying to do <laughs> and then that annoys me when, when, it's, when it's raining and people refuse to turn their headlights on that pisses me off mm. like yeah. alright it's raining your wipers are on Turn your headlights on. I literally cannot see the back of your car right now. Like I need some sort of light. I just, I'm, I'm having a problem in my old age. Like there is no reason why I shouldn't be able to drive from South Carolina to Atlanta at 90 miles an hour in your freaking new expensive M3, which was meant to do well over that on the Autobahn. Yeah. Assuming you have some basic car handling skills which you should have if you're driving a vehicle on the road that fast around people's damn children. Like we should not be catering to the lowest common denominator. And that's what we're doing in this country is like, well, old Leroy there is a total fucking idiot. So we all have to, <laughs> we all have to slow down he's out there. It's just not, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going through the same thing lately with me being into sports cars and the whole rest of the world driving marshmallows. You know what I mean? It's just like, all right, I'm done letting you guys, if you guys want to be brain dead, that's fine. But it doesn't mean that I have to be stuck behind you. So it's like I'm, I'm starting to just go around them in any means necessary and yeah. not like in a rude way. I'm trying to not even get disheveled. It's just like, idiot, yeah. idiot. You know what I mean? But like, like everybody's driving these giant like cell phone chargers. That's it. Right. That's what... And they're not paying attention. And I hate it. Oh, like, here's the hat, right? And you're behind somebody, and you see them doing this at every, like, little, like, house. <laughs> like, they're checking on yeah. everybody. I live out in the country, so I'm just like, stop looking at Leroy's house. And drive the damn car. <laughs> you just see the hat going this way and that way. And the other thing that I hate is it's always the guy in the F-150 or the Silverado. He's got his arm. His big fat arm on the on the center console, and he's got the phone on speaker, and he's like leaning in, and you see him talking on the phone. Oh you know yeah! I mean? Oh god! Trust me, absolutely, yeah. And he, as soon as that phone comes up, the speed drops five miles an hour. Oh yeah! Like, Get some grip. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I can't handle I, it. I cannot I hate that. It's like Idaho. What's that? Um, it's just like that in Clemson. I mean, middle of nowhere, South Carolina, kind of same thing. What I was, was saying about the defensive driving school, though, like I actually love how um, my mentor, uh, a guy named Ted Theodore, he got me into instructing for Tire Rack's Street Survival School. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially that same thing you guys did at Road Atlanta. It's a defensive okay. driving course for teens from whatever age, 15 to like That's cool. 18, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. But basically, we teach them how to essentially autocross, threshold brake, essentially drive on track but we don't tell them any of the we, we don't tell them any of those things we're not being like hey you're gonna be a race car driver we're gonna teach you like hey this is how we teach people how to drive race cars yeah it's like we're gonna teach you how to be safe mm-hmm. and yeah we we do the skid pad thing we uh we do the aggressive lane change we basically set an autocross and uh it's cool and it's it's fun because 
um, I get to sit there and instruct these kids and you get to watch them like figure it out eventually. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the same feeling I get when I teach people how to like in HPDE, like you, uh, you work with this one student all day and, and he finally like, clicks. yeah, it finally clicks for him. Like he finally does turn 12, right. Or he finally is not scared of that. Or he hits the S's like flowy and all that. And it's the same thing with these teens. And I think it's the coolest thing is just like, they're not scared anymore. Yeah. Like, they have, we have a, you can see the confidence. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we have a lot of these kids come in, come into these schools and they're just like terrified of cars. Like I don't even yeah. want to drive. And we're like, driving is not scary. Like it's actually really fun. And like, we can teach you how to be safe and how to have fun. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts about that, that school though, is they always bring out a tractor trailer full, yeah. full rig. And we make every single one of the kids get in that rig. And then we have them look in the mirrors we have them look around. Oh, that's cool. And then, then you sit there like, do you see anything? They're like, no. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll hop out. And then they look around and they suddenly see two cars. Yeah. By the tractor trailer where the kids would probably be like basically mid trailer where yeah. you know exactly that, that like, we all know that trucker can't see us, but the kids don't. And yeah. That's a, that, that's a big thing for them is just being able to be in that truck and seeing how they, truckers can't actually see you in your tiny little Altima when you're cruising down 85. Yeah. Like, so you, it just is one of those things where we just make them aware of it. And then yeah. another big thing was we set off airbags just, just for fun. Like we'll set up an airbag on like a trash can or whatever and put a water bottle on it and set it off and you blow the thing 50 feet in the air. Yeah. And then we like kind of show teens like, Hey, now imagine that's your foot face. and your yeah. knee is going straight in your face. Cause everybody loves to put their feeling yeah. dash. So those are the two big things that, we try to like, what, teach a lot of the kids is, hey, like, truckers can't see you, and yeah. feet in your face is not good. Like, yeah. Well, I remember, like, at the Road Atlanta school, at Panama school, they called it the hooker because they were like, you know, you don't ever grab the damn steering wheel, and I still do it and catch myself. You grab <laughs> it from the inside. But he's yep. like, yeah, now imagine that airbag coming out. He's like, you got a completely shattered wrist, Oh, and yeah. a broken nose. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, don't do that. Another thing that oh, I always thought was really cool, like in the classroom is, you know, the chairs had four legs, four like a chair. And he'd be like, sit in the chair. The chair is stable, right? He's like, well, okay, slam on the gas. So lean back. Now you're on two legs. It's still stable. Same thing with braking. Lean forward. You're on two legs. It's still stable. But now pretend you're braking and turning. You know, you're on one leg, you're losing that all over. Yeah, it was it was just cool to watch them kids kind of figure it out. And then I always got to be the guy at the stoplight. So we had this aggressive lane change thing where they had to go, I don't know, 30 miles an hour or whatever it was towards. They were in one lane and then there was three lanes. So they could either go straight, the right or the left. And we had traffic lights. So three of them. And then one would light up at the way they'd have to change, you know. And so you just wait and wait and wait and go. And there was always that one little show off kid and you'd always screw with them and yeah. like wipe out all the cones and everything. It was fun, man. But, but yeah, by the end, they would always close it with another classroom thing and say, look, use your powers for good. Yeah. You know, cause they were like, this is all controlled. Like, I know you're feeling confident now and you've learned a lot and that's good. You are, you've gotten a lot better, but you don't know on the road. You know, there's oil around the next turn or a deer or a cat. He's like, you can't control on the road. So you always have to be prepared for that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, man, I think that our whole world needs that. That would be pretty sweet. I'm pretty sure like Finland actually does. Like Finland, 
Yeah, and they have the best drivers. They have like a straight up, like it's essentially rally school that you go yeah. through to get your license in Finland. Like, yeah. Like, there's what? a reason why every major motorsport like guy is Finnish. Like, they're, <laughs> and they're all fantastic because they become rally drivers at 15. Like, that's yeah. just what they're told to do. They're like, all right, son, you're going to go to rally school. Like, we're going to learn how to drive on ice. We're going to learn how to drive in dirt. We're going to just learn how to, how to basically drive in motorsports. And then once you master that, you can drive on the street, which I, I think is what we need. Like, over-prepare everybody. Yeah. We should really then, check the cars, too. It's yeah. so American that we're like, well, let me check your catalytic converter here. Meanwhile, everything else is worn to shit <laughs> on the car, and it's on cords. Although that law might actually screw me in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, maybe we shouldn't do that. But, the cords, yeah. the clapped-out bushings. Yeah, like, all of it. The Yeah, the 30-year-old honda bushings that are no longer there like all the all these things are bad <laughs> people just don't think about it yeah no absolutely not i don't know whatever i got off on a tangent and i don't know what we were talking <laughs> you got fired up there for a minute eh? yeah you got real because, dude it's very <laughs> <laughs> because i get i get like in this internal battle where i'm like you know i should really chill out man and try and live up to my dreads and then i'm like no these people are all idiots <laughs> and they need to know. <laughs> you know like, I mean, that's that's a regular thought I have every day. Driving, in other words, like, yeah, you guys are all all idiots. Please stop. <laughs> Everybody, as, as, as you were driving the family around today, it's so much more frustrating whenever you're trying to drive a fun little sports car, mm-hmm. and those people are still in the way. I, I I was driving the Mustang around Friday and today, and just traffic and BS and people being dumb and. It's so annoying, man. It just I see. I don't remember that. I think just the population, especially in Atlanta, the population's exploded, you know. But it's like I remember maybe I was naive and young and not really, you know, like you get so in tune now as you get older. You're like, that son of a bitch that pulled out in front of me 10 miles ago is the reason I'm stuck at this light. But this son of a bitch, you know, like, like you play it out so much more in your head when you're young, you're just like, ah, I'm just. Happy to be cruising and playing music. But, like, I think it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. There are times when I take out my fun cars. I'm like, why? Why do I even do it? I have all the discomfort with none of the fun because of this person. You know, like, it's just, and all the concerns. Because you get stuck at some stupid-ass roadblock because they're doing some pointless construction. And you're just sitting there watching the gauges like, oh, crap, here we go. I'm yeah. about to really screw this up because I'm going to break down in the one way. Overheat, I'm going to pick up a nail and tire. Yeah. Yeah, try and push it out of the way because I'm so tick. Yeah. Anyway, man, what do you like better, beaches or lakes? Uh, I'm for sure. So I, I'm lake all day. So I, I actually grew up in Charleston, um, down on the coast of South Carolina. And I just started hating beaches after a while. Really? Like, A, everybody and their mother's there. Like, Never go to a beach in the summer in Charleston, or at least go find one in the middle of nowhere. Cause like everybody's there. That's like problem one reason why I hate it. But then it's always just really hot. Saltwater pretty much sucks to just hang out in at like for most, most of the part. Um, and like, I also got really into like wake surfing and wakeboarding and you can't really do that down on the coast. Like you need a calm lake and it also helps, um, being up at Clemson because we have Lake Hartwell. Like my apartment is literally like Lake Hartwell is about 20 yards behind me. That's where Lake Hartwell is. Are you serious? Yeah. You know, the Marina right there when you come into Georgia, it's like on the right. 
Yeah. It's like a, a buddy of mine from college. That's like his family's little marina or whatever. Yeah. Um, I miss that. I agree man. with you because I just was at the, I was at a lake in Alabama, Lake Smith, uh, this weekend and just got back. And for the first time, like, had the best time I've ever had at a lake because normally I'm kind of the opposite. I'm just like, well, this sucks. This water will kill me if it gets in there and open cuts. I don't have to. But I was there and we had all the toys, man. Like yeah. it was my cousin. He has this lake house. He's got a brand new Malibu. He has all the wakeboard stuff and all the um, wake surf stuff. I did that for the first time. That was killer. So my, like for the first time I get the lake. But see the ocean still, dude. Like the, the ocean kind of lifestyle and the, I love the salt. Yeah. I get yeah. salt water in my mouth. I'm like, ah, oh, bring it on, man. Get it all <laughs> in my mouth. I love it. You put fresh lake water in my mouth, and I like. I gotta go. To the, <laughs> I gotta make an appointment with the doctor. Yeah, on that wake surfboard. One time, I did not get up, and I just no. got doused. Oh, like, yep. For a minute, and it was just like, oh, I'm gonna die. I got. <laughs> I caught something for sure. I got really into into the lake, definitely in college, because one of my best friends bought a really shitty. 1987 mastercraft hell yeah it has it, it had a it had a windsor in it and a three 351 windsor it was an All inboard right. in, inboard boat and it was just an old ski boat and we skied like two summers ago we skied after work well we would go to work go to the gym and then from seven o'clock we'd also go to wendy's we would take the boat to wendy's because wendy's in clemson is on the water and you can go park <laughs> your boat there and go up oh that's sick you go to yeah. wendy's then we would ski for like three hours at night, like uh, in the evening. And we did that every single day for, for a summer. And then uh, actually last uh, December, we sold his Fiesta ST. He was one of my buddies with Fiesta ST. We sold yeah. it, bought a really questionable Toyota 4Runner. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then a week later, drove from Clemson to Salt Lake City, Utah with the boat. Because that's, that's where he grew up. That's where he's from. And he was moving back home. Really? So this boat mattered so much to my buddy that he sold his Fiesta ST and we had to tow the boat back to uh back to Utah. And that was like one of the best and worst experiences of my entire life. Yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds I'm sure like it had its moment. <laughs> like it was fun, but it got real old driving 70 miles an hour. Because yeah. like anything above the boat trailer just freaked out. Mm. It's like, no, we're not doing we're not doing anything over 70. So we did like the first day was Clemson to uh, St. Louis, and it was it was probably the twelve hours. It's actually cool. Yeah. We, uh, we 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 towed the boat in front of the uh, arch, yeah, and then took a picture, and then yeah. uh, we found someplace like three a.m. to sleep, and we got up and drove to Colorado the next day, yeah, and that was um, let me tell you, Nebraska, the worst state in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like we were Everyone in Nebraska for like seven hours. And I saw the same cow in the same one hill for seven hours. <laughs> like, like what's true so long? I'm just like, hmm. like, I see the same cow, same spot, eating the same grass. Cool. Like three hours later, uh, there's my buddy. And, uh, like, I, like, no wonder street racing is big in Nebraska because there's literally nothing to do. Like, it's yeah. straight and flat. That's the mm. perfect, like, let's build street race cars. Yeah. And then uh, the third day was Colorado to... Uh, Salt Lake City, which is nice because it was, it was like six hours, and we were. So, I was so happy to get out of that truck. And then, uh, worst part was I was in Salt Lake for literally twenty four hours. 
and then I had to fly back home because it was uh, Christmas Eve. Um, and I didn't tell my mom where I was going. I actually got a call Christmas Eve from my mom. She's like, hey, when are you coming home? Well, no, she's like, hey, where are you? I'm like, uh, coming over. <laughs> I'm at a, I'm on a mountain in Utah. And she's like, no, you're not. I'm like, have dad show you how to find your friends on your iPhone. And yeah, you'll see I'm on, I'm on Snowbird in Utah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, don't worry. Like I'll, I'll get home. I'm flying out tonight. And yeah, we, uh, got home Christmas Eve. My mom was a little upset with me, but I was, I was there for the holiday and, and she got over it, but it was like one of the most fun and worst adventures I had was just this questionable forerunner driving across the country because my buddy loved a 1987 <laughs> boat so much. Dedication. That's awesome. <laughs> Which I get it. And I feel like we all get it because we all have old project cars. Like there's just some of those cars that you just love for whatever reason, it, like it could give you the most headaches in the world, but we just have those things that we care about. And that was his boat was that to him. Yes, yeah, it's, it's nostalgia and memories. And I associate every car with certain points in time that yeah. were good in my life. You know, either that I've had with the car or if the car is from an era. Like I have an E34 BMW from like 1992. That was like the year before I moved from awesome Florida to freaking Georgia, which I hated at the time anyway. And so like <laughs> everything like late 80s, early 90s to me is like epic. Any Pauly Shore movie, any like, <laughs> like any song up until like 92, maybe early 93. Great. And then once Goo Goo Dolls or whoever made that runaway train, I literally... That song was about killing yourself and not doing it, and it made me want to kill myself. That song was <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> it really was. To this day, when that song comes on, Casey's like, what is your deal with that song? Like, I hate it. Turn it off. Um, anyway. I guess that's I all. I think we've been going like two hours. It's <laughs> <laughs> about time to wrap it up on that note. Yeah. Uh, that's a wow. that's, an that's the one we're gonna pull it on to wrap up on. Right. That's an e break uh, right there. <laughs> so, anyways, right. James, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, for the people uh, that want to check you out, where can they find you? Um, so, uh, YouTube, obviously, search my name, James Wood arc seven search search that together you'll find me if you don't you'll find james woods from family guy um my instagram <laughs> is james fc wood uh it's spelled like you would do something so w-o-u-l-d and then oh, wait that's confusing it, it really is like it was a it was a dumb joke and from one of my friends and i just kept it okay um so yeah you know you can find me um or james wood racing on Inst on facebook and that'll pull, put you to all my other things. Or just add me on Facebook if you like cars. Um, I have a lot of Facebook friends I've never met that just add me for cars. And if you have a cool-looking car in your cover photo, I typically will add you. And then, exactly uh, what I do. If you're an asshole, I'll probably delete you. But that's <laughs> you, you get in having the cool car. That gets you in. And if you're a do dick, you, you're out. Do you unfriend or do you unfollow? Um, it depends. I, I actually had to unfollow a lot of people. Um, or unfriend a lot of people because I, I got like a too many friends at one point, so I don't follow or I had to unfriend a ton. But oh. now I'm just unfollowing. Um because I got that down and I'm trying not to be a mean person. So like I don't know, if you're supposed to really dumb like corona stuff I just keep seeing every single day for like two weeks, mm -hmm. I'm definitely unfollowing you. Like I just I <laughs> I don't care that much. I've been like, having I, a <laughs> internal struggle with that too, because I'm like 
Well, I don't want to like, you know, I, I like them as a person. So <laughs> unfriending seems harsh. That's kind of mean. But I certainly don't want to see any more of their bullshit. Yeah. So maybe I should unfollow. So, <laughs> I've been trying to figure out the right way to handle that. And I've yeah. been going unfollow, but keeping the friend. That's what that. Uh, and I'm going to be honest with them. When I see them at Gridlife or whatever, I'm going to be like, dude, how have you been? I'm asking because I don't know because I unfollowed <laughs> you because of your bullshit posts on Facebook. But I did not unfriend you because I still think of you as a friend. I, I still just, like you. I just yeah, hate whatever you, you I hate what you post. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop. Yeah. So that's that's typically where to find me. Um, or if you see uh, a really loud green RX-7 in the wild at a racetrack, that's me and come say hi. Yeah, I'll you'll get a, free you a hug and stuff. Yeah, I'll get a free sticker. Oh, yeah. I appreciate <laughs> oh, cool. that, bro. So, once again, thanks, James, for hanging out with us. And also, once again, www.s3mag.com. Two years and a t-shirt for 20 bucks. Please go subscribe so I can keep my job. Um, <laughs> then do it now because I'm going to raise that price. I need a boat. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I need a boat. <laughs> uh, but anyways, guys, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We hope to see you next week. We'll see you later. Have a good night. Later. Bye, y'all.